Echo's Box Podcast is not meant to be or claiming to be a good place for therapeutic advice. The host is not a licensed therapist and is not offering any services or advice related to mental health in a professional manner. The content discussed on Echo's Box is commonly highly explicit due to the real nature of expressing honest emotions. While we don't mean to offend anyone, the reality is these discussions might be triggering to many people. Out of respect for all, please do not listen if this content isn't right for you, and forgive us if you have a poor experience. Keep your brain healthy. All right, everyone. Welcome to episode one of Echo's Box. That song you were just listening to is called Isolated. It's by a band I'm in called Lost in the Mons. Uh, if you have any music you want featured on the podcast by you uh, or any other artist that you support, reach out. As long as you give me permission, I'm totally cool with it. No strings attached. I love promoting music. That's also going to be kind of a, a focal point of, of this project here. But uh, that isn't the podcast purpose. Uh, it's nice to have cool intros and outros and all that. But uh, that's not what we're here to do. And this is episode one. Uh, so it's really important now that we define what the whole reason I'm doing this for is. It's uh, not easy uh, to express. And I still really don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it, right? So, um, yeah, uh, the the general idea is I want to shine as big of a light of like as I can on uh, mental health issues in kind of our society, but not in a way where we're focused on society today or focused on a specific mental illness or therapy or anything like that. Those will certainly be topics of discussion, but. Um, I, I want a more kind of change to occur in, in society. And th- I'm not sure there's a good medium for that. And, you know, I talk to myself in the shower all the time and, and have these conversations with myself because I'm a weirdo. So I was like, all right, well, let, let me just record. And then maybe eventually I can get some guests on and we can share experiences and, and the shared experience that we can create. Maybe it'll help somebody. Um, if nothing else, maybe it's just for me to get stuff off my chest and put out, out there in the world. Who knows? But the the general purpose is I really want to normalize talking about mental health um, because it's hard. It gets really hard. It gets really difficult. It's scary. There's a lot of people out there trying to do this uh, in many ways, and I think it's great. And I feel in my heart to want to genuinely contribute to that. Um, I'm not looking to make any kind of money off of this. I'm doing this completely uh, out of pocket. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I don't really care. I have a, a nice, healthy, stable job. We can get into that later. Uh, I, I just want to genuinely help people. And I think we have all the tools and technology of today to do that. Uh, but it's still difficult because there's so much disingenuousness out there. And I want to break down that barrier as much as I can uh, to let humans be humans and just to let us kind of be ourselves and and be real and be honest and not be scared of being human because life is scary enough as it is um so don't know how successful i'll be but that's the goal that's the purpose uh and that's why we're here uh, so it's echo's box 
the name and meaning is kind of loose. I wanted to do like Echo's Chamber or something like that to play on words where it's like an echo chamber because uh, sometimes I'll probably just be talking to myself if I don't have a guest. Like episode one, uh, big surprise, no guest. <laughs> I'm just starting out here. But uh, the the idea is uh, I have a dog named Echo and he's, uh, he's, he's my whole world. I have two dogs, Echo and Luna. Uh, I love them to death. But Echo... Uh, it just kind of pulled together like an echo chamber type thing. I, I like the play on words, but then there's a lot of podcasts called that already. So I was like, oh, we'll call it Echo's Box. And now it's just a catchy name with a cute picture of a dog that people probably like. So that that's it. There's nothing really special if you were wondering. Uh, I'm trying to just touch on all the basics since it's episode one. Um, but yeah, so that that's the purpose. That's what's going on. That's the name of the podcast. Uh, and now I suppose you need to know who the hell I am. So uh, my name is Casey. Uh, first and foremost, like I said at the disclaimer, that'll probably be on every single podcast. I am not a therapist. Far from, I go to therapy, highly recommend therapy. Please go to therapy if you need therapy. Um, I highly recommend it. it. It can be great. May not be for everyone, uh, but I am not a therapist. I will not be your therapist, and I am not offering any kind of services. This is just to open up discussions and ideas and help people think through things through shared experiences. Uh, so I'm just a broken person trying to help other broken people, which is crazy and difficult. Um, but uh, a little kind of like background about me, what, what makes me even qualified to, to start talking about this? Well, not, not a whole lot. There's only one real kind of uh, space that I, I have on the side that bleeds into this other than you know actually dealing with mental illness. Um, uh, in my in my personal life, I am uh, a hacker. That's my professional job. It's really fun. Uh, I get to uh, pay to legally and ethically uh, hack computer systems, break into buildings, you know, test security and, and help people find vulnerabilities and fix things. And it's really cool. I love my job a lot. Uh, and I don't really have any more else to say on that. I don't want to get too, too personal until it's relevant. You know, that's that's kind of, you're going to learn a, a lot about me uh, if this podcast continues on and uh i don't want to give it all away at once right that's got to have some kind of content for it. that's the whole point of the podcast it's even though we're trying to help people i can't shove my whole life story into one episode that would be terrible um for everybody traumatizing for everybody um but uh outside of that the kind of more uh, leadership side where i am called to i find myself mentoring a lot uh, of friends and family and stuff like that. I, I tend to be one people come to for advice and I'm, I'm kind of self-aware of that uh, to a point. I don't think I'm any good at it necessarily. Um, but the reason that I noticed that happening so much is because uh, I do have um, kind of this side passion for uh, spirituality and um, just general philosophy, which is kind of a, a part of what I want to touch on here. This whole podcast is not only just mental health, but it's thinking about things. Why do we think about things? Well, how does our, our views on ethics and morality, spirituality, whatever you think or believe, how does that impact your mental health? And what are some tools you can use to improve your mental health or even just stay stable and make it to your next day? Um, so I am technically an ordained uh, priest. Uh, I, it's technically in Christianity, but I'm, I'm not a Christian. Uh, don't have any problem with any world religions. Uh, happy to discuss with anybody. I'm not a Christian, though. Uh, and uh, I think the most important thing, that, the reason I say technically, is it's truly just a formality. It's an online ordination. I, I became ordained because I am uh, at least 
some level scholarly adept in in the bible and it's a part important part of uh the spirituality practice i do have it's not not a central part in fact most religious texts in general are important to me and what i when i'm learning about the world but the uh yeah everything else is just a formality because I, I wanted to be somebody like who could help people i've been in a situation where uh i needed a priest for a funeral or maybe someone needs a priest for a wedding and and we're all hung up on uh, the different worldviews and different religions, and it's hard. There, there are people out there that need those kinds of services, uh, and it's not like I'm offering them to the world. I'm not like a for hire uh, person for that. But like my friends and family that maybe don't have the same beliefs as other people, I want to be uh, a neutral party for that. And I think that uh, that that can kind of do whatever. Um, so yeah, it's just a formality to take it with a huge grain of salt. Uh, while, while I do claim some knowledge, I am not a scholar or a PhD at any of it. And it has nothing to do with my core beliefs, but it's, it's of note, it's of note and there's a purpose to it though. Uh, I am a, uh, ceremonial magician. If you want to get real, we're, so we're already going to get kind of freaky. Uh, so I learned a lot from people like Damien Eccles and Jason Louv and, and even the classics. If you're, if you're even remotely familiar with what the hell ceremonial magic is, uh, if you're not, uh, then, uh, basically don't Google Aleister Crowley and dive, dive down a rabbit hole too hard. Uh, cause it'll get real confusing. Uh, instead just acknowledge that it's a meditative practice. In fact, all ceremonial magic really is, is, is just like uh, Hinduism or Buddhism or other, uh, Eastern traditions that, uh, practice this, this kind of meditation state to kind of enlighten themselves and, and grow and fulfill their own will. And, and magic is just a Western version of that. It's, it's really no different. In fact, it pulls a lot of the other practices uh, from different world religions and different studies and kind of incorporates them into uh, a fast track of sorts. So you can, you can get there faster in theory. Uh, so that's that's my personal route. Uh, I'm I'm diving down. It's been fun. I am still very much a student. Uh, I'm not a mentor in that. Uh, but I do uh, find it really valuable personally for my mental health, but it's not for everyone. So the, this is not a recommendation for that, but it's a little background just to kind of give you uh, an idea of where I'm coming from when I'm talking about these mental health issues, because I read a lot of uh, just a lot of books, whether it's uh, scriptures, whether it's uh, books on general philosophy, books on meditation, books on um, the just the way people and processes work and think it's all incorporated into my study and so that's where that's the only reason any of that crap is relevant for you to know about me is not because it's important to this podcast but it is important to know that I study that and uh, it's important to me and it is a big part of my own healing process and dealing with issues like this so that's enough about me you don't really need to know any more about me because you're about to learn a lot more uh, darker things as we go along. So I, I try to keep things lighthearted. I'm very, very comfortable, very open talking about mental health issues. I've been dealing with this for a very long time. Um, things that I'm going to say nonchalantly may come as shock to, to some people, which is good. That's kind of what the point is, right? Is if you're hearing what I say and you're like, oh my God, then that's part of the problem we're trying to address here is that this, this is not just me. My experience is not unique to me. I am not the only one suffering with these type of issues. I may be the only one dealing with the story of my life in the way that I'm dealing with it, but there are plenty of other people who are just dead silent and dealing with this on their own, myself included, uh, that 
uh, need to be able to speak up about it because it's scary. So, uh, yeah, so the, the topic we're going with today for episode one is deserving support. This is something that recently came up uh, through this past weekend for me and is actually what kind of kicked off this uh, podcast idea. And like I said, I don't even know if this is going to work out. This could be the first and only episode. It could never be released. If it is released, hey, you're listening now, right? Um, but I want—I really want to get into deserving support and kind of how I got there. So um, I personally, uh, I have a lot of, a lot, I got a lot of issues, you know. Uh, I'm a human, um, but uh, my brain's a little wonky. So I, one of the issues I deal with is major depressive disorder. And it's really funky because I have very high functioning major depressive disorder. I, if you look at me from the outside, I have a very stable, good job. Uh, I'm able to afford my house, have a nice car, dogs. I'm able to get out and socialize. Like I live a, a pretty fulfilling life. I don't have much in life to complain about. Yet, the crux of my issue is I can't enjoy any of it. I don't feel positive emotions and it's not my fault. And it's very frustrating because it's I can feel sad things or I can feel numb or empty and nothing at all. But I can't like I, I can't even go and, and enjoy something. It's like I disassociate and I can go do it. I'll be a happy person. People want to be around me. I'll be putting out energy I don't even have to give, hoping I get it reciprocated back. But at the end of the day, I didn't get to experience the cool, fun thing I was at, even though it was objectively cool and fun. And so my brain kind of works like that. It's very logical and self-aware where I can see those issues, but I can't feel it. And that's so frustrating because feelings are so much more complex than than the way you think because you can analyze your feelings all day long, but if you can't do anything about it, if you can't change it, you have to you have to feel them. Sometimes we try to change them. Sometimes we try to logic our way out of it, but ultimately you need to feel them and I don't even get to feel anything and it fucking sucks, right? So, um, I was diagnosed with this formally about two years ago now, but I've had it for sure uh, since I was at least between the ages of eight and 12. I couldn't put an exact date on it. I, I barely remember uh, a lot of that part of my childhood. Um, I'm 26 now, which is kind of sad, uh, but that's just trauma blocking. I can't, I, I can dig it up if it really needs to be dug up and I can uh, isolate certain events, but otherwise I don't really think about it too hard. So it's kind of hard to determine the starting point but what's important about knowing that it did start early it it helps you reaffirm through the rest of your past that you've gone through uh that there was just something wrong there's something you needed help with and you didn't know and so all those actions and stuff that you did it's not that you have an excuse for it now it's still your mental health you have to deal with it but at least you can understand why you give it a name you know what it is and now you can approach it differently and for me uh that that kind of started after i had a a giant breakup uh, about two years ago uh so i was dating this girl she's my best friend for like a decade Uh, we dated for eight years we're likely getting engaged uh shortly after she broke up with me uh at least that was the plan as far as timeline goes uh and it it really sent me into a weird place where I started to realize uh, that I'm not doing okay. I I haven't been able to feel or enjoy things. And kind of the first thing I realized was uh, one of the reasons things kind of fell apart was my fault is I didn't, uh, I didn't address my mental health 
because I didn't know anything was going on. Uh, I felt okay. I was happy in my relationship. I was happy with all my friends. I was happy with my job uh, for the most part. And I was kind of moving along and excelling in my career. Like I was in a pretty good place post-college and it was, it, it really was all good. I felt okay. But underneath I was still numb and I was just ignoring it. And I didn't know that. I didn't know I needed to go to therapy. I didn't know I needed help. I didn't know I had something I had to deal with or was always dealing with because I had distractions. So uh, I, I would view myself through the lens of my partner. So my partner would think of me in loving ways and find me attractive or find me uh, to be funny, wholesome, kind. They, they would project these things onto me and that defined me. I let somebody else define who I was. And uh, that was damaging for me in the long term. And I didn't know that was going on. Uh, and I didn't realize it until the breakup. And there were things that we couldn't, that, that, we, that we couldn't really resolve in the way that I have at this point. But ultimately, um, as far as mental health stuff goes, I wish I had listened to her sooner um, and we could have avoided a lot of strife. I don't necessarily think the relationship might have continued um, because she ultimately left for someone else. And that's okay, but the the problem of me not getting help as soon as I need it and, and when she's screaming at my face, noticing things that I need help, uh, and I'm like, eh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not actually depressed. I'm just sad this day or whatever. Uh, that, that wasn't healthy. That wasn't good. It, it really put a strain on the relationship and uh and the best thing she did for me even though i tried of course to reconcile you don't just throw away an eight-year relationship and, and give up i tried to reconcile and say okay well we can fix things together here now that we understand what's going on and we've opened up about these issues and how we feel um but it must it, it, i think it would have been a much slower process right so a a process of healing and having support that in in healing with your mental health uh, is great. Uh, and that's kind of what we're going to ultimately get to, uh, in this discussion. And that's why I'm starting at this point. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the best thing she did for me was introduce me to my current therapist. It was hers at the time. And she, uh, was like, Hey, you know, sorry, you know, leaving you. And, uh, here, here's, here's therapist. You need therapy. Go. And I was like, okay, you're right. I need therapy. I'm going to go. Thanks. And so I did that and I've been doing it ever since. And I absolutely love my therapist. I have a great relationship with my therapist. Um, and uh, it, it's really been helpful and enlightening. And the best thing about it is not only being able to identify what I am thinking and feeling and processing things, these things, but actually identifying what the hell is wrong with my brain and giving it a name, you know, giving it the target. Right. Um, and the, the best part of it that I think is coming from all of that strife and all of that trauma and that, that relationship that made me push into going to therapy is that I had to deal with it on my own, like completely on my own. And, um, that made me not reliant on how somebody else viewed me so that like i said I, I would always view myself through the lens of her and that was very damaging because after the relationship ended her lens of me changed from somebody she loved cared about and thought was cool to somebody she really probably never wants to see again because she's got to move on and that makes me feel like a piece of trash right so if i am 
accepting the projection of how somebody else views me and not being myself, then I can't, I can't be happy. I'm always going to be accepting that judgment as me, as it's real. And it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not part of you. Um, even if somebody sees you from the outside and, and makes, uh, a statement about you or has an opinion on you that's just their view of what they see of you it's not necessarily wrong but most people actually don't know the whole picture most people don't really know you and that's one of the cool things about life is you get to find to define who you are um, and share that with the world people are still going to put you in boxes though uh, so what's important is that uh, when people put you in those boxes uh, at least they're putting you in boxes that you created. So before I went from a place where I wasn't creating my my own lifestyle, I was accepting the projections of others, and that was it, uh, to now when I present myself to people, uh, I present me. And they take from that what they will. I can't do anything about that. That's how the world works. You do it too. I do it. Uh, but you at least defined their starting point, and that is so much more healthy, at least in my opinion. Um so yeah, that, that's kind of where, where things kicked off for me. Uh, and I kind of got to that point and it was very, very difficult. It was during a time, uh, shortly after COVID occurred. So I was in isolation after that. It was like, and it was on Valentine's day. Uh, and then shortly after COVID happened. So I was, uh, brokenhearted and, uh, alone in my house with my dog and it sucked. Um, and it still sucks. That's, that's the thing. It was a your relationship. It's, it's traumatic. It's, it's never going to not feel shitty, but, uh, going to therapy made me realize that I'm not just depressed because I lost a relationship that, that happens. Relationships come and go and it never feels good. It, it, like I had a breakup recently that was, uh, it was terrible, but it was, uh, much more amicable and the timeline was a lot shorter on the relationship and all that kind of stuff. Um, and nothing ultimately wrong other than that it ended and it just kind of feels shitty and you feel bummed out. That's just how that works. And being accepting of that is, is healthy. But the, um, the, the reality is when it comes to mental illness, people do tend to have like seasonal issues again, not a therapist, not a doctor or anything like that. This is just what I know from reading and what I know on my own experience. That's what all this is. I'll try not to say that too much, but, um, in general actual uh like prolonged mental illness is like something that i struggle with like major depressive disorder is a very long-term thing and in fact it's not something that has a cure it's it's something that's treatable and it's something that you can do to make things better but it's literally chemical imbalances in your brain and it's not your fault um, a lot of times it's caused by trauma. Sometimes it can be just caused by the way you were born. Um, there's no, that's the thing that's weird about like psychology and stuff is there's no real root cause for why these things happen to people. It's just that we know they're real and we're acknowledging them and trying our damnedest to do something about them and isolating it down to chemical compounds, isolating it down to, um, exercises you can do and, and things that, uh, promote, uh, the activity that a normal healthy brain uh, might have. So not everybody struggles with uh, a actual prolonged clinical issues, but those that do uh, have have to deal with it all the time. It, it doesn't just go away. Um, 
some people are more fortunate than others in their treatment and they actually get good relief from their medicines or, or their, their therapy and, and can function. Uh, for example, I am a very high functioning individual. Uh, if you were to look at my life right now, like I am fine. I've got a nice stable job. I love my dogs. I have a place to live. I have a nice car. I can go and do things whenever I want. I have tons and tons of friends, but I don't enjoy any of that. It's, it's awful. And when I was first in therapy talking about all this, uh, I was trying to identify that emotion, what that, that feels like to not feel <laughs> it's, it's so difficult. And the, the interesting thing is I went back to a story I would always think of in like middle and high school where I would be at something like a high school or a middle school fall festival. And in these events I remember very fondly, uh, but there's a very dark twist to them. Uh, usually at these events from the outside looking in, I'm usually with a group of friends or a girlfriend at the time or whatever. And we're holding hands or, you know, walking around as a group, joking around, some kind of physical affection, hugging, talking, joking, laughing. It's all a bunch of positive, cool stuff. Very good social experience. Um, but, uh, I didn't get to enjoy any of that. So when I describe it, it's like, Oh, why well, I remember being at a fall festival, like holding hands with my girlfriend at the time. And everybody was so happy. Everything was so cheerful. And it was, it was such a good time. The air was crisp. The colors were beautiful. I can remember things vividly, but I didn't enjoy any of it. I had to watch myself. I disassociate a lot. And so it'll, I'll basically watch myself, enjoy it and do the thing and do the actions and be quote unquote normal. Uh, but on the inside, I feel absolutely nothing, no joy, no happiness, just completely empty. And I never understood why. And when I was able to describe that, then my therapist was like, Oh yeah, that's, that, that's depression, man. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, all right. Well, the, uh, yeah, that certainly makes sense. And so that's, that's my day to day. Uh, and just being able to identify that is super powerful because I know that I can't uh, feel the way I want to feel. Uh, in fact, on top of that, I just had a great experience from this past weekend. I went to, to emo night uh, with some folks and uh, great group of people, new people I just met, um, and they were all super sweet and uh, inclusive of me, and, and, and we all hung out. And I'm, I'm hopefully, ma hopefully making some new friends from that, and that'll be a positive experience. But it really sucks because... While I was there, I had an objectively great time. Like I danced with, with beautiful people and I, I made good connections with people, had laughs, had jokes, listened to my favorite music, kept people safe. Uh, and, and like I said, hopefully made some new friends and that's awesome. Like all of that, like when I look at the experience objectively and logically, I, I had a fucking amazing time. It was awesome. There, there's always things that can be better no matter what your experience is, but in general, it was good. But guess what? I, I didn't get to actually feel or experience anything in the moment. I was just there dancing, maybe having a drink or two, and out on the outside, I'm enjoying it, and I'm making great conversation, and I'm putting on the happy face, and I'm, I'm uh, being amicable and kind to these new people I'm really trying to be friends with. I really want to... to make their acquaintance and, and, and get their friendship and support and be a friend and support for these new people. It just takes time, you know, making friends is hard, especially as an adult. Um, 
but the 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 problem is is I don't have energy to spend like I am always if I'm not at zero percent I'm in the negatives and so I'm basically pulling energy out of my ass to uh, connect with people and I do that because there's two paths of thinking here you either need to uh, take care of yourself and hope that somebody comes along that will give you energy whenever you're you're exhausted or you need to put good energy out into the world in hopes that it comes back uh, and I quite frankly am tired of sitting around and waiting because it's not guaranteed at least if you go out and expend yourself there's a chance it's riskier but there's a there's a much better chance because you're seeking it and you're putting it out into the world first you're taking the initiative uh, but it's not easy it's very hard and I've had a very hard weekend uh, it's been filled with I mean, just to be honest, filled with panic attacks and, and I wasn't understanding why I was like, I had a great time. Why am I freaking out? Why am I having such a mental headache about all this stuff? And it's cause, oh, I got home and realized I gave all this energy and got nothing back. And on top of that, I didn't even get to be present and enjoy my experience. And that, that's sad. And it made me very upset and I was wrestling with it. And ultimately it led to kind of the, the feeling of numbness and emptiness again. And that spirals usually to self-loathing, right? So uh, not for everybody, again, I'm just speaking for me. Um, and the self-loathing stuff is where... Uh, the conversation starts getting dicey, right? So before I w- before we get into that, I kind of want to talk about um, just general therapy and meditation and stuff. So like I mentioned with the, the ceremonial magic stuff, I'm very into uh, meditative practices. That's very been very beneficial for me. And what, what I started before I started, started doing all the weird hippy-dippy shit uh, is I did just basic mindfulness meditation. Um, and again, meditation is not for everybody. I don't necessarily recommend it. Uh, but it's worth a shot because the skills that you gain, even from the most basic things, like just doing it in a week, can help uh, you with things like intrusive thoughts. So, for example, in um, mindfulness and meditation, I did this for about two years straight. And uh, the main thing they teach you is how to make a note of your thoughts and examine yourself and know what is going on um when you first sit down a lot of people think meditation is like oh i'm gonna clear my brain and go in zen mode and whatever that's you know or do whatever you think a buddhist monk does and that's that's not it uh there is an aspect of your goal is to be present your goal is to be in control of your state but we're people we're humans it's not how that works in fact the default state for most people is our brains are are running on like they're just going thoughts are coming and going and that's normal some people don't some people have it differently and that's why meditation doesn't help everyone um but for those that do have thoughts like that uh when you first sit down to meditate you're like shit i can't focus i'm thinking about the expired milk in the fridge or i'm thinking about uh that random person I saw at the mall or what I got to do for work tomorrow, like all the, all the mundane stuff. And even if you sit even longer and you're somebody who is struggling like with mental health, you start racing your thoughts around all those negative stuff uh, too. And at least that, that was my experience. But what's powerful about sitting down and doing the meditation is because what it teaches you is said, it's okay. Your brain is thinking it's supposed to do that. 
It is okay that these thoughts are coming. What you need to do, though, is make note of them. Be aware. Be present in your own mind that as a thought comes in, say you start thinking about how sad you are for whatever reason. What you have to do is not just sit there and drone on it. You have to step back for a second and say, oh, I'm thinking about this right now. That's a thing. Okay, I acknowledge it. And then you move on. And the thoughts are going to keep going, coming and going. Because even if you push that one aside, they're going to keep going. But for each thought that comes up, as you notice it, and you're not going to notice every single one, but as you notice them, you just simply take a note, acknowledge that you thought about that, affirm it was a thing, and validate yourself, and then move on. And by the time that you're done kind of getting used to that process, the goal of that process is so you can clear your mind and actually be present. Uh, but the practicality of that process, uh, even if you only do it for a week, just to kind of identify what that feels like, is now day to day when you're going through your day and your brain starts looping and hitting you with intrusive thoughts and you're not thinking about what you actually want to be thinking about in the present moment, uh, now you can. You can do the same technique. You can make a note of, oh shit, my brain's kind of looping right now. And at least, even if you can't get it to stop, because there's certainly times I can't, but even if you can't get it to stop, you can at least validate yourself and know that it was there. Um, and so that's how I identify things like self-loathing. So um, I had a, a really eye-opening uh, conversation with myself, I guess, uh, where uh, I was like, why why do I hate myself? Like, why do I loathe myself so much? It doesn't make sense because I love people. I love life. I love my dogs. And I really, I, I almost broke my own heart. I said, I want to love myself as much as I love my dogs. Why can't I do that? I can love them that much. Why can't I love me that much? That doesn't make sense. And it's, it's very difficult. And I don't have the answer for that right now. That's something I'm working on, obviously. Uh, but that leads us to the whole goal of this topic. So all of that buildup was for this, uh, support. So when you're going through life, a lot of people always say, um, there's songs about it. There, there's typical, you know, uh, parables or, or, you know, common idioms and shit that is, uh, yeah, love yourself first and then go to love others. Um, that doesn't exactly work for people who are struggling with mental health and people with mental health still deserve love. Um, I want to be deserving of love, even though I don't feel like I am. Um, and I love people. Like, I can't express that enough. That that's people are like the, the only thing I really care about. Everything I do, I do for people. I want people to live valuable successful lives and i know i can't control it all and i'm not responsible for everyone i don't mean it like that but anybody whose life i can life i can touch uh in a positive way i'd like to um it's it's fun and fulfilling to see others prosper and succeed and it really warms my heart um and it's the only place where i find happiness if i could actually feel the happiness and so see see how frustrating it gets it's like oh, I can like support someone and give them a lot of energy and, and watch them achieve their goals. Uh, but if that never gets reciprocated uh, and I'm just kind of like the the cheerleader, then uh, I can't even enjoy the fact 
that they had success, even though that's all I want to do. I don't feel the enjoyment at the end of it, but I, I care about it so much. It's so complicated. And you can see how this really hurts my brain personally. Like it's really, really whack. Um, so that, but, but the whole idiom thing, it, that's, it's just not, it's not accurate. It doesn't, in my opinion, paint the whole picture of what loving yourself is. Loving yourself is doing exactly uh, what you can to take care of yourself. And if you have mental blockages that make that difficult to actually feel love for yourself, even though you can feel love for other people, um, that doesn't mean you don't deserve love. In fact, that means you probably need some love and it's important. Um, so what I figured out this weekend that made this whole thing kick off was, uh, support. I've been thinking and even talking in therapy a lot about what I really want and need right now. And it's support. Um, support comes in a lot of shapes and sizes, but I personally don't feel like I have, uh, a fantastic support group, which is weird. Cause I have so many friends and I, I, I believe they care about me and I have family that, that I know cares, but Unfortunately, some of my trauma is family related, so I can't go to some members of my family. And more unfortunately, the friends that I do have are, um, that they're all grown ass adults like me. Like they have stuff that they've got to take care of. They can't come nurse my mental health. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not asking anybody to be a therapist or anything like that. That's why I pay you a therapist for, but to have support and somebody who cares and, and can listen to just what you're feeling. Cause I do that for them and I don't often get the chance to uh do that in reverse like i don't often get to share my side and i'm often scared to share my side uh because my shit's kind of heavy like it's i know it's heavy i'm used to it that's why i'm comfortable talking to it but it can be scary for people like like uh for example uh you know when it when it comes to depression uh, a common theme is big intrusive thoughts that can often be described in very serious ways uh, that indicate a threat to your life. And if you phrase those the wrong way to a certain therapist or a psych, you go to the the grippy shot uh, the grippy sock hotel for a little bit, uh, and that's not that's not always the answer. Um, it, it, it's very scary, and so like I'm I'm blessed to have the relationship I have with a therapist because oftentimes what you feel is exactly there's no better way to describe it. It's like I really just wish I was dead. And that's not a suicidal thought. There's a complete different arc there. And we'll, we'll touch on that. But uh, a suicidal thought is not feeling like you want to die or feeling empty or feeling exhausted or feeling drained uh, or, or wanting to be free from the pain. Because that's what it is. And then when you describe it like that, it's like, I don't actually want to die. I like life. In fact, I love life. I love life. I love people. I, I want to experience it. I'm, uh, but I'm frustrated and upset that I can't feel those kind of emotions even though i have it all going for me it's extremely frustrating and that's just my uh, point of view and my example um and I, i'm sure there are many of you that, out there that, that probably share a similar experience and the the thing is though if, if i walk up to my mama and tell her that which i've done before uh it freaks them out you walk up to your mom your girlfriend your aunt your friends and really in detail truly not just like oh woe is me uh emo kid i want to die like memes on the internet no don't hide it actually go and be like hey i feel like absolute ass and 
Uh, I feel empty. Life isn't fulfilling, even though I have all these things going on and I really am in so much pain. I want to die. Um, that scares the shit out of people, but that's like a normal thought for me. Uh, and that's a normal thought for many people with depression that these, that, that is the kind of stuff that I exactly want to point out to people that we, we can't be scared of that. That is a valid emotion. It is raw. It is real. It is scary, but it's not worthy of detainment. It's not worthy of, uh, ridicule or fear. It's, it's worthy of acknowledgement and validation and respect because what happens when you don't talk about that you bottle it up and that's what leads to the actual suicidal thoughts again not a therapist but that's the way i see it because that's what i've experienced is when i don't get to talk about how severe my pain is uh it makes me want to die even more and that there begins the intrusive suicidal thoughts and that's where things uh, actually do get serious and that's where you actually probably do need somebody to physically help you and reach out but just because you had a thought about about death or sadness or pain that was severe doesn't mean that you are invalid. It doesn't mean that you should be scared that something bad is going to happen to you. It does mean that you need some support and some help, uh, but you shouldn't be able to, it's just so scary to go and reach out about that kind of stuff. That's why, like, like I said, I'm fortunate to have the therapist relationship I have and I'm not too worried about that, but it's scary for a lot of people and it happens to a lot of people and it's not good for mental health. Um, but the, the idea of seeking support in terms of friendship, uh, is difficult for me because I am missing that for my life. When I lost that, uh, previous partner, I lost a best friend and that was where I got a lot of emotional support from. And at the time I wasn't dealing with it healthily. So I actually wasn't using that relationship the way I should have. Uh, after that, uh, since then, while I do stuff, many many friends it's it's not the same i don't have people like when i am on my floor having a hard time that i can just call up and be like hey uh, i'm dealing with this and they often say that i can but i know that the second and because i've tried a couple times that's the only reason i know um is they, they can't handle the severity. It gets heavy and I don't blame them. That's it, not their problem or their responsibility. Um, so it can be difficult to find support in, in friendships. Uh, and, and it's important to be genuine and it's important not to be overbearing. Remember they're not your therapist, but, um, I often support my friends and they can come to me with things because I can stomach a lot more than, than most people can just because of what I do deal with. And, that's not a good quality that I have. I don't like that because it often drains the shit out of me. Um, but I do like that it helps people. Uh, it, it's very strange. And so when I went and did the event I did this weekend, uh, it was part of an exercise also with myself, not just to go meet new people, but to create new friends and find new support. And what I learned is that it's a slow process because you're not going to be able to tell everyone everything that's going on up front. You're just meeting new people. You've got to get to know things little by little. It's, it, it's hard, especially when you have no energy uh, to begin with. It's, it's very difficult. But uh, the most important thing is even if you can't convince yourself that you're worthy of love and love yourself, which is what I struggle with, I have at least made it to a point where 
I can say, I deserve support. I deserve better support in my life and begin seeking support. And I don't know if this is true, but the the goal of getting the proper support that I need through through friends or a relationship, whatever it may be, is uh, that people, now that I have defined who I am, people will begin to love me for me instead of loving me for an idea that they created of me. Even if it's just a piece like we talked about, um, they'll love me for me and that can help me say, oh, well, my friend uh, so-and-so really likes this aspect of me and they've told me this and they've expressed it to me and have been supportive. Maybe I need to start focusing on how to love that first because you're you get an example right from the external source on how to love that piece. You see how they love it and be like, oh, I feel that love. Let me love myself that way. And it, it's kind of like a piece by piece thing, but I'm hoping that by starting with seeking support, it'll eventually lead to a place where I have enough support to really isolate all the variables of that self-loathing and turn it around and turn it into a complete self-love. Um, it, it's not going to happen overnight. That's for sure. Uh, but it is, it is an idea. It's a, it's a thing to try. And it's something I want to encourage for others to just get out there and seek support. It's not going to be easy. I'm not done with it yet. I'm still in the process of it. Um, but if you're having trouble with loving yourself, um, seeing others love you can help. And it's hard to do that. Uh, there's nothing easy about any of this, but you have to try. Like I said, I'm like negative reserves on energy, but it, the, the, the reward that I get from the risk, if it pays off is healing. And that is the most valuable thing. Um, so yeah, that is kind of what I wanted to touch on today. Uh, like I said, uh, probably everything's going to be kind of heavy on this podcast from time to time, but I, I speak in a light voice. I'm very candid. I don't mind any of this. I don't mind sharing this. I'm very open about mental health. Um, I, I'm not interested in gaining any external, like weird, random internet strangers support and help. I just hope this is beneficial to hear for all of you. I'm, I've got my own plan, discussed what it is. I'm going for it. Right. And those are the kind of discussions that I want to have here. Um, of course, the initial couple episodes may just be me talking about a couple things, but if there's ever somebody that you want to, uh, have on the podcast, I won't do like interviews. I really want genuine discussions about things like this, just like this in this format. And so if you like this and you want to have somebody on that, that, you know, whether it's a, a popular person or maybe a friend or maybe a therapist or maybe a celebrity, I don't care. Like it, it all that's cool with me. Um, they just got to be ready to really dive in and share some shit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if, if you like this, uh, please share it. And, uh, if you want to like shoot any suggestions, ideas for, for guests or music or anything like that, uh, you can reach out to me at, uh, echo at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.